At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in. Man, I got a great guest today. Ryan Hawk is on the show. He's a keynote speaker, author, advisor. You probably know him as the host of the Learning Leader Show, a great podcast, great leadership podcast. If you don't have it in your leadership arsenal, you need to subscribe today. He's a great interviewer. He's we, He and I have interviewed a lot of the same guests. There's a lot of overlap. So if you listen to the show regularly, you've probably heard of Ryan. If you haven't, please subscribe to his show. It's so good. He's such a great host. He's such a great interviewer. I always learn something from him when I listen to him and how he interviews. I love his authenticity. His insatiable curiosity is what makes him a great host. He's a leadership junkie, a lifelong student of leadership. He rose to roles as a professional quarterback and a VP of sales at a multi-billion dollar company. Currently, he's the head of Brixey and Myers Leadership Advisory Practice. He speaks regularly when speaking is available, hopefully with... COVID coming down. Hopefully next year he can get back on that speaking circuit. He's a great speaker. He works with teams and players in the NFL, NBA, NCAA. He facilitates leadership circles, masterminds that offer structured guidance and collaborative feedback to new and experienced leaders. He's got a, he's an author. He's got a book that came out in January of this year called Welcome to Management, How to Grow from Top Performer to Excellent Leader. Great leadership book. Highly encourage you to go get that, to include that in your leadership arsenal as well. He's the real deal. He's just, and I've been wanting to have him on for a long time since we have similar paths, similar similar goals. And uh, he's just uh, a, a great, again, leadership junkie. And uh, I appreciate everything he's doing, and I'll do everything I can to support the Learning Leader Show. And I encourage you to do the same. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Hutton. Hutton designs, builds, and services commercial construction projects all throughout the Midwest. They're longtime fans of this podcast, and they're committed to the highest standards in leadership. I'm so proud they're supporting Dose of Leadership as a sponsor. They're behind so many projects, stunning structures, built from the ground up, remodeled hospitals, medical offices, manufacturing and industrial facilities, municipal buildings, financial institutions, churches, schools, you name it, they've built it. Spaces of all size. And these days, they're both architects and builders. Because wouldn't that what you would want? I know if I was looking to build something, that's what I would want. A single trusted partner to work with from start to finish. They get that at Hutton. No drop balls, only their vision delivered from paper to structure. And to them, it's more than a construction project. It's a creative endeavor. And I like that about them. And I also like that they put people over projects. They always have. That's how they treat their clients, how they treat their employees. It's how they interact with the community. Character counts for them. And that's how they select their staff, their subcontractors, how they serve the community. And it's not lip service. I know the CEO personally, and it's the real deal. They're professional, hardworking, charitable, Midwestern in all the best ways. That's their culture, which is really no culture at all. It's just who they are. That's Hutton. Go check them out. Huttonbuilds.com slash together we build. That's Huttonbuilds.com slash together we build. All right, let's get on with this conversation with Ryan Hawk, the host of the Learning Leader Show here on Dose of Leadership. 
Ryan Hawk on Dose of Leadership. Man, I'm excited that you're here. Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rich. Uh, you know, we've been connected via LinkedIn, and obviously I've known about your show for a long time, so we, similar paths, but always wanted to have you on this show to talk to another fellow leadership junkie, so man, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, like I said, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I was reading about your story. It's pretty wild, especially <laughs> with everything going on as a pilot in September 11th. Yeah. Uh, man, I was, uh, I was like, wow, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's been a journey, but I, it, so I'm curious, I, I would bet that our paths are similar in the sense that if I understand correctly, football was kind of your dream as you were growing up and then going through college and then you played uh, somewhat professionally as well. Right. And then how, did uh -huh. that end? I don't quite know the story, how that ended. Why did the football come to an end? <laughs> well, eventually they tell you you're not good enough <laughs> anymore. Not good enough, right? <laughs> uh, like most guys, they re the sport retires you. You yeah. don't retire from it. And so I played after college. I played for a few years in the Arena Football League. Briefly went up to Canada and the CFL had a you know a handful of workouts in the NFL. And uh, then they they say, uh, yeah, you're 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 okay, but not good enough to uh, to make it to the upper echelon of the sport in right. the NFL, where you can actually earn a living. Uh, in the arena league where I played, it's essentially like playing minor league baseball. Right. Like you do you do it for the opportunity to keep playing and to potentially catch someone's eye so that you could maybe have the story like Kurt Warner, right? Kurt right. played in the arena leagues. He gets he, he gets a workout, he impresses, he gets a job, the starter gets hurt, you know, the rest is history. He's now in the Hall of Fame. So I think that's why you do it. You, you and uh and that's why I did it for a few years and um, I loved it. That was a great experience. Sure. I mean, you don't you you can only do that when you're still in the prime of your athletic life, and and so I'm glad I did it, even though it delayed a little bit of my professional career. But uh, I, I definitely don't regret it. Yeah. We, so when you found it came to an end, was it was it something you kind of always knew was going to happen? You were prepared for. You said, you know what, I'm going to play ride this out as long as I can, and then I'm I'm going to start some sort of professional career in business or something was that always in the back of your mind or was it like with me i always thought i was going to be a pilot and then when 9 11 happened and i got thrust in the corporate arena there was a little bit of panic initially but yeah. um how was it for you well i you know i think kids are I, I talk with high school and college kids now they're just so much smarter and and have better intentions than i did yeah when I was in college, uh, I didn't even really think about not playing football. Right. Um, and, and so, um, that could, you know, I had friends who were really good about, uh, building relationships, creating connections, um, setting themselves up for, for life after college. I just wasn't one of those people. I, I, I just was immature, like a lot of 22 year olds. Yeah. And so I didn't have any thought, um, of not playing, um, I just happened to get really lucky uh, and, and a family friend decided to take a chance on me and hire me into a, a sales job and uh, uh, and then just said, hey, just kind of use the same type of work ethic you learned as a player, but now do this here for this job. And if you do, uh, I have a hunch that things will go well. And his name is Rex Caswell, still a great friend to this day. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just lucky I had a person who was willing to take a shot and then I as I try to do, I like to prove people right um, when they believe in me. And fortunately, it, it kind of my career went from there. Man, what a blessing to have that 
person kind of in your corner to kind of steer you. They saw something in you, right, which I think is an obligation of all of us as leaders, right? Great leaders kind of see something that we don't even see in ourselves, right? and they help extract that out of you. That's great. And then uh, as I, I suppose as you started working, and that's when it was with Lexus, uh, Nexus, Lexus mm-hmm. Nexus, right? And so you're in this sales position. You're in this professional role. Like with me, that's when it became – I started getting these moments of clarity of like, oh, where I came from, in my case, it was the Marine Corps and flying planes. And, and my mindset was limited when I first started and thinking, all I know how to do is fly airplanes. And But then as I got into the corporate arena, I started saying, oh, I did learn a lot more than just flying airplanes. I'm assuming that probably the same happened to you with your football experience and, and the great coaches and, and mentors you surrounded yourself around most of your life. What yeah, you- I mean, I, just, I learned I learned how to develop a work ethic. I learned resilience. I learned preparation. Yeah. I learned being coachable. I learned how to collaborate with others. Um, especially I got to college and I was on a much more diverse team, people from wide variety of backgrounds. And I, you know, played uh, in the arena league down in Birmingham. So completely different from where I'm from here in Ohio. And so uh, I would say, I think I learned about people. I learned a lot about myself. I learned about how to work. I learned how to do extra. I learned all that from my coaches from right. playing sports. And and so I, I just tried to take that into the professional world and, I like the profession of selling because the people who were landing at the top of the stack rankings, the people who were making the most money, the people who were getting promoted, they were the ones who were working the hardest. And I thought, I, you know, I don't have any experience, but I, I do think I could work. Um, and so I, I, I was willing and still am willing to, to, to work really hard at it. And, and that then uh, eventually led to me, you know, having some success and doing well and exceeding the goals a company set for me. And then that led to promotions right. um, and more opportunities. And so I think that's that I direct all of that back to a, a combination of two things. One, my family, my parents, my brothers, as well as um, my coaches who, who really taught me how to how to work when, once I went from my eighth grade to ninth grade year. Yeah, I mean... I- it's amazing to think back when you look back and you look back at the, the shoulders of the people that you're standing on, right? All the lessons that you learned. But I think another great thing I appreciate appreciate about you that comes across is, and I think you'll agree with this, is that you have this kind of insatiable curiosity. It seems like you're a curious guy. You got a humble, teachable spirit. And then you combine that with this level of intensity, right? And it's and it's where that those two things intersect. I think is the sweet spot. I know that's what I try to do on a daily basis. I fail at it a lot, <laughs> but that's what I try to do, right? Is try to find that sweet spot where I'm always curious, always willing to learn. Because the times that I thought that I had it all figured out, man, that's when it kind of knocked me on my butt, right? You know, it's it's, it's nice to stay humble. Yeah, I think we're the the ones who seem to be sustaining excellence are they they live on this edge of having confidence and belief in themselves, but also realizing that they don't have it figured out that they need help, that they're 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 never going to arrive, right? They're always in this becoming mode. And I think that's, that seems to be a commonality among those who are able to uh, exceed expectations and goals and sustain excellence and, and have this continual rise as they progress. It's, it's that they have that nice balance because I do think you have to have some belief in yourself and what you're doing, but you also can't ever think that you've got it all figured yeah, exactly. out, that you don't need anyone else's help. And so that's why there's this constant curiosity and need to talk to intelligent people who have um, accomplish great things, uh, read books, listen to podcasts, watch yeah. TED talks, all that type of uh, type of work. And I think 
um, I'm fascinated by that. You know, this, 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 this pursuit of excellence is something that, uh, I absolutely love and eat up daily. Yeah, me too. And, and I, I'd imagine that was the catalyst for why we went down similar paths of starting podcasts and talking about leadership, right? It's, it becomes infectious when you start having these conversations and learning. I don't know about you, but the eight years I've been doing this, I feel like it's, it's benefited me individually more than, I don't know. I, I know it's added some value to some of my listeners and I hear some of their stories, but for me, I just feel like I'm completely different than I was when I started this, this show. Right. I mean, how about you? What is it? What has your experience been? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's life-changing. It's it been is. six years, six yeah. years. And it's a combination of just the direct learning exposure to people who are mm -hmm. far more, um, intelligent, well-versed, uh, full of wisdom, full of life experiences. Cause it, so that's one part. Second is, is the, the people that are coming along with me and listening and learning and yeah. getting to know me as well as my guests. So to creating this, this community of people that are on the same path and it's very cool to connect with them. And then I would say too, I've developed real friendships and relationships with a lot of my heroes. And I didn't necessarily think that was possible. And, and it's really, it's, it's been a, a really uh, gratifying aspect to this to, to be able to develop genuine relationships yeah. with people who perhaps I just read their books over and over <laughs> and over. And before you know it, now we're, you know, we're, we're texting about ideas and projects and collaboration, things like that. I, I, I wouldn't have envisioned it that way. Um, so it's kind of beyond what I would have even expected to happen, but it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think it's a, it, it's a good reminder though, if you kind of put your head down and, 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 and keep trying to do whatever it is that you're doing exceptionally, that it, mm -hmm. it increases your odds of good things happening. And that's what I've tried to do. I mean, I, I didn't make it. I lost a lot of money the first three years doing my podcast. It, I viewed it as an investment in my and other people's education with me. I never intended to make any money. I always viewed it. I mean, I went, I, I started it as opposed to going back to graduate school after I got my MBA. So I, I fully intended it for always it to be an investment, a cost. I never would have envisioned it would become my business and into and and to what I do full time. Yeah, no, your story is, is fantastic. I love everything you said. I mean, that certainly resonates with me deeply and, and I completely get that and understand that. When I started this, it was more of, well, maybe it'll just help me get more notice to get more speaking gigs. That was as deep as I got with it. And I, the, with you, the transformational piece that I just, I didn't even expect was <laughs> the building a network that I did, I couldn't even dreamed of, right? And have friendships and establish friendships with people I thought was impossible. And I'm with you. I think it goes, it speaks to when people ask me, well, how did you get so-and-so on the show? Or how did you meet this? And I'm like, I just asked them, you know, honestly, <laughs> right? And I don't mean to sound flippant when I say that, but it, it goes to the power of how, if you, like you said, if you, if you put your nose down and you do it and you do it for the right reasons, who knows how it can turn out, but it's, yeah, for me, it's been a blessing that I, I couldn't even expect it, you know, I, I did. Yeah. and so I'm anxious to see where it goes. So no, that's why I was excited to bring you on. Cause I'm sure you, you had similar experiences and you're mm -hmm. knocking out of the park with, with the book. Uh, one thing that has been a thorn in my side that I'm trying to get that completed, right? A book done. And so I, I love your book. Uh, congratulations on that. And thank you. And I, to me, I think you ended up in a really great position with, so you spent in, you know, 10 years or maybe even more, maybe what about, uh, 
was it 2017 you got on with Brixie Meyer? Is mm-hmm. that am doing the mm-hmm. time right? Mm-hmm. So you get in with kind of a is it a consultancy agency? Is that right? Is it so you, you get in with them and you become kind of like the podcast becomes part of their brand, but it allows you to build the learning leader, right? I mean, what a perfect position for you to be in. I mean, that, that, that's just outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a big credit to Doug Meyer who was had the vision for this to happen. I mean, I'm I'm I had a really good job. I was leading a sales um, organization for a for a company that was thriving. We were doing well. Um, but when Doug kind of, and I had a lunch because um, he's a guy I look up to and 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 I learn from. And he had this idea of like, what if you left and 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 you put a hundred percent of your effort into so awesome, man. Uh, the podcast, speaking, mm-hmm. building out leadership circles, working with leadership teams and and individuals. What if you did that? Um, we we you know he said we I I would be open to the idea of of helping you do that. Um, and so I just thought it's just it's 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 an incredible opportunity. It's too good to pass up. It was it was teaming up with someone I really respect and, and still do. I mean, we're very close now. Um, and you know, I don't know if everyone gets that opportunity. And so I no. wanted to make the most of it. I, 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 I you know, I had never no intentions of of failing, and, and I'm I'm really happy that we've grown it and it's and it's been good. But you know, I feel like I could always get a job. Um, uh, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't have any plans to, but if I had to, because I have a family to support, I could not many people get to wake up and do the thing they really want to do the entire day, every day. So to get a chance to do that is just, um, I'm very grateful, uh, for, for this opportunity. Yeah. And I, I, I try to not take it for granted ever. Um, and, and the, the, the best way to show that you're not taking that for granted is to work. Yeah. Um, and so I work, work, work very hard at it and, and really enjoy it. No, and I think it's great. I think it's a great, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you that, that you found that. I think that's a perfect position for someone like you who is a leadership junkie and what a great position to do. <laughs> right. And, and you can, mm-hmm. and you can see how it, once you did that shift in 2017, you can see how the show really blossomed at that point. Right. Because you're right, mm-hmm. because you got to spend a hundred percent all day, every day, doing what you love to do. And it comes through in your work. And so I just wanted to, I'll take this time to just congratulate you on, you get an outstanding show. You're an outstanding interviewer. Um, I've seen how you've changed over the, the six years that you've done it. Just like, you know, as you do it, you get better and you get better at it. And uh, I think you're really good. I think, and, and Thank if you. people aren't subscribed to the show, I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, but if you haven't checked out Ryan's show, you need to listen to Learning Leader, put it in your arsenal. It's it's good. And, you, you did a, and I know we talked to a lot of the same people on the show, but you asked questions that I didn't think about when some of the same guests and it's just, you're just, it's a good show. So congratulations. Who are some of your favorite guests you've had on? Man, that's a great question. You know, sometimes, you know, what my favorite episode of all time, and I've done four, so I'm on my 440th interview. I think you're 440. Um, I had a, a woman on the show named um, Elka Dillon, who's a CEO, and I just, and I remember when I went into it, I was like, I don't really know who she is, and she she had this book about I'm forgetting the name of the book already, but spirit it was like a, it's all about consciousness and leadership and spirituality and stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, I just wasn't that excited about it. You know, I didn't really know who she was. It was, it was some PR agency kind of reached out to me, and I just kind of accepted. It sounded kind of good, and it was the most <laughs> fascinating conversation I ever had. I mean, it was just so engaging. And it was her name was Elka Dillon, and it's still one of my favorites. And it was like five years ago when I did it, but I don't know, that's wow. weird. But you know, some of the greats, you know, um, 
you know, Fed, Fred Smith from FedEx was really fun for me, you know, and that was, a yeah. hard, that was a hard get, you know, cause he never does interviews and, but because I was a Marine and he was a Marine aviator too. So I had an in with that, you know, that was kind of fun. Barbara Corcoran was fun. That one was, was really oh. fun. Yeah. Um, but I've had a lot of great conversations of people that no one knows about, you know, I don't know if that's yeah. with you, like kind of the lesser knowns, right. You know, we, for sure. And sometimes, sure. and I'll, I won't say any names here, but sometimes some of the biggest names that I thought well, I was so excited to get, they just turned out to be duds, right? And and I've had a few of those where it's like where people say you don't want to meet your heroes, and I <laughs> and, and I've had some, a few that have just come on. I'm just and have just re- they they've done this so many times and they didn't want to engage. They just were hitting their 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 talking points instead of having a real conversation. So how about you? Yeah, what, what it's, about it's, you? It, yeah, I'm with you. I I think it's um uh it. For the most part, I, I I just feel very lucky that a lot of the people I really like, pro, I think like General Stanley McChrystal, you know, I, I I propped him up as big as it can get. It took a while to finally, you know, make it happen, and and we just had the best time. He yeah. was so kind and giving, and offered so much wisdom. And and then afterwards, I asked if I'd wanted to join his team or his his he he teaches a class at Yale. Uh, if I want to join his class and go um, to Gettysburg, oh my god, and, are you kidding me? Uh, so I've never been there before. And so I, I mean, I dropped everything and I went to Gettysburg with General McChrystal and his whole staff and his friends came along. Oh he had God. a couple of Navy SEALs. He had a couple of British Special Forces guys. And we in in we we had a dinner the night before with a small group. People are getting up giving speeches. He's giving like these grand introductions and having his guests give it up and give a talk. And like literally the people that were his guests were I won't name names, but like these crazy accomplished people and then i was sitting next to him and then he like introduces me and i just thought like i've never felt so small but <laughs> right. he made me feel so yeah. welcome and like i belonged that's so uh, awesome. with these people that i definitely did not belong with <laughs> right. and it was um it was so cool in the morning we wake up at, at at five in the morning and do a run to gettysburg from our hotel we run back and then we walk the grounds and he have a different guest speaker who was like a, a special forces oh guy God, give a talk dude. i mean it just blew my mind and so i thought why don't i just swing for the fences after this thing i i thanked him and you know sent him some stuff and then i i wrote him and i said hey you know my book is finished but i don't have so, I, I you know i still have the forward section open would you do that and and he agreed so it just it's just neat when stuff like that happens where you get general mccrystal i got admiral mccraven you know i'm thinking of the military guys because of you yeah um and mccraven was incredible and i've just had a number of really um thoughtful people who have done um some remarkable work cat cole's episode 78 that i always point to because she's she's just she's just one of she's good i i just think one of the, the the one of the gen errors i guess you would say of meaning someone who's actually done some incredible work yeah. and continues to do it so yeah there's a lot i could take forever to to, to name them all those are a few that that initially come to yeah mind. it's hard to it's like saying which kid is your favorite right I mean, yeah, you kind exactly. of you love them all for, for different reasons and, yeah i mean it depends on the day I, every and, once in a while yeah right. some of them are more, more favorite but that's the exact same feeling i have when you ask it's like ah. There's so many There's so to choose many. from, and and and, uh, and and I just feel very lucky. Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, and I wanted to take the time to introduce you to Ben Hutton, the sponsor of today's episode. Ben, tell our listeners what Hutton is all about. Hey, thanks, Richard. You know, we're a huge dose of leadership fans here at Hutton, so I appreciate the opportunity to sponsor your, your program and be with you here today. You know, Hutton is a commercial architecture and construction firm 
headquartered in Kansas, but we do work really throughout the Midwest, designing and building things like hospitals, office buildings, schools, industrial and manufacturing facilities. But really, uh, more than that, we see ourselves as leaders in the communities that we serve. Yeah, that's one thing I've always appreciated about you, knowing you all these years. I love your intention around leadership and your vision as a company. So what do you think makes Hutton different? Sure. You know, Richard, our purpose is to build life into our employees' dreams, clients' visions, and community's future. We really start with putting our people first, and then we keep people at the center of everything that we do, which really means we walk alongside of our clients from the very first thoughts they have about a building all the way through completion and then maintenance into the future. I love it. That's why I'm glad that you're a sponsor of this show, Ben. So great. How can people learn more about your company? Yeah, so to learn just a little bit more about us, you could go to huttonbuilds.com slash togetherwebuild. Great, Ben. Thanks for being a sponsor. That McChrystal story is so awesome. I just can imagine you were sitting there. That is a great, and I've heard, I've had Chris Fussell, I think, works with him. And I've tried to Yeah, he was there too. Yeah. Chris was there. And um, trying to get him is tough. And I I know I've tried a handful of times and it's never worked out and it's still on my bucket list. But but Chris has been great. And Chris told me how great McChrystal was. And we all, you know, because I got a ton of respect for McChrystal, obviously. But what Mm -hmm. an amazing story, man, sitting there. Mm Yeah, you're just probably like, what is happening? But I love the takeaway, though, that I want people to get from that. And what I love is you were there and you said, you know what? I'm just going to swing for the fences. Yeah. And then ask for that because you were like, oh, there's no way he'll write a forward to my book. But but that's the power of asking, though, right? And that is probably a big lesson that I've learned in eight years of doing this is just because sometimes I'll talk myself up and, and I'll get people excited and then and then I'll talk myself down, you know, off that peak. <laughs> and I won't take that leap or I won't ask that question. I try to, I try to be aware of when I'm doing that and say, no, 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 ask for it. I, I think I've, I'm, I'm 95% there that I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of failing. I'm not afraid of looking like a fool. I'm not afraid of asking. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get discouraged too. I think behind the scenes, like how many times you are asking people and you don't, one, you don't get a response or you get a, re- or you get a no. Right. I mean, there's a lot to get people on to whatever. There's a lot of no's behind that. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Especially at the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I'm grateful for my first job. I was a telephonic sales professional for LexisNexis. I mean, I'm I'm making 70 cold calls a day. I'm sending a bunch of cold emails. I'm doing all of that. I mean, there are days, there are weeks you get rejected 100 percent of the time. So. I think I think learning <laughs> learning to learning to handle rejection and, and be able to keep moving is a skill. Uh, it's yeah. a skill to, to develop and it's 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 important when I've seen people who don't have that skill. And if you want to have a podcast, especially an interview show, and you're starting from scratch and you're not willing to get ignored or to hear no um, and keep moving forward, then you're, you're not going to make it. Um, it's too, it's too tough. Um, it's it, you're just gonna. There are weeks I got the same thing happened with my podcast at the very beginning, as you know, you know, you're sending cold email after cold email after cold email. And I have to send, I I remember I would set goals every day. I would, okay, I'm going to send five today. I'm going to send three tomorrow. By the end of the week, I want to have 25 cold emails set. Sometimes you'd be over 25. Yeah. You guys got to keep going. You got to keep going. And now, you know, it's kind of flipped where you're getting sent 20 to 20 to 30 a day saying, well, you have them. And, 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 you know, most of the times you say no, um, but you, you it's it just, it's just kind of wild how, um, I think it's, again, it's a useful skill to learn, to be able to take 
the no's or the rejection and then just keep going. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And you're right in the beginning. I just, it, it's, I was, some people are shocked at how many emails I would send out, you know, just to get one that I'd want on my show. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of rejection yeah. or a lot of, not even rejections. It's like just silence. Like you don't even get a response, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. And then as you get up the momentum and now you get, emails from PR agencies and people to come on your show, but there's still people that I want, right? There's still bucket sure. lists that I'm like in, you know, and I still got to remind myself, why didn't they answer? You know what I mean? You got to work. Yeah. Through those I actually, you know, I have a, I have my same, I'm looking at it right now. I have my same spreadsheet that I've shifted to Google sheet, but it, 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 it's a reminder of no matter how much incoming I'm receiving as far as PR uh, mm -hmm. agents and all of that, Never stop Never. doing the cold emails. Never. I, I, in fact, I sent one an hour before this conversation mm -hmm. to, to someone who I would love to have on. Right. And uh, I don't know if I'll get a response or not. And I still get ignored like you, like you from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, the hit rate is much higher now after you're more established and you, you right. show why it's worth their time. But um, it, it, it's, it, I think it's a good muscle to work. Uh, regardless of how uh, how much easier it's gotten, it's still it's still a good idea to keep doing it. Yeah, because I even now you mentioned that there's been a couple of times where my backlog dried up because I got complacent, right? Because I'm like, oh mm -hmm. look, I'm getting all these requests, but there weren't really people that fit or that I really you know didn't have an interest in or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get busy here, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's easy to get. It, developing those personal habits with everything, whether it's a podcast or not, right? It's it's even like, and even like when I've gotten clients out of this, like I use the I use this podcast to find long term clients, and I got I got a twelve month gig that came directly through a speaking gig that came from the podcast, and it went a twelve month that paid really well. Wow! And it was a blessing because I thought, oh, I've arrived, and I had this tremendous amount of cash flow, and then but I let the podcast suffer. Right. And then when it was over, I was so busy not feeding the pipeline. I should have, while I was doing that, been just as aggressive or somehow find, you know, using virtual assistants or something. I should have just been aggressive, feeding the pipeline, finding new guests, finding new clients. Right. And then I kind of found myself at the end of this thing trying to scramble again and, and kind of go up a hill. And so mm -hmm. it's having that kind of discipline to be consistent, even when you're getting the successes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's critical is one of the, one of the keys is that I think there's equally weighted is, is a combination of consistency and quality. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't let that get out of whack. And I, and so I'm, I try really hard to, to remain consistent um, with the same quality, regardless of what else is going on, because it's, it's a good reminder for me, I'm sure as it as it is for you, mm -hmm. that that the podcast has generated 100% of the revenue for my for my business. It, it, it's, it's the branches that stem from that yep. are everything. So if that were to not continually get better then everything else is going suffer. to suffer and so yeah. always 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 that is priority one regardless of everything else that has happened from it a book a speaking leadership circles working with leadership whatever it may be that has to remain number one priority in order for everything else to work yeah as you were saying that the visual that i had you're right and that's a great lesson even that i that I, my takeaway we just said there is like the podcast and it doesn't have to be a podcast for whatever it is, but that's the spoke or that's the hub, right? I mean, and, yes. the, and all the spokes that come off from that, a speaking gig, a keynote, a book 
deal, a, you know, a consulting, a coaching, whatever, those are all the spokes. You've got to pour all your love and your energy and your discipline into that hub. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. It's, 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 it's critical. I, I, now for me, the reason why that's not really an issue is because it's my favorite thing to do. Right. So I would, I would, if you ask like, what, what's the one thing you want to do is have a long form conversation with a thoughtful person. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's that. So it's, it's not as hard, but there, it still can be distracting when you have a lot of different opportunities, you have the money, all that stuff. It can be, it can be distracting. So it's like, okay, let's remember what's, what's the foundation? Like what's the central point that everything else comes from? It's the show. Yeah. Well, and I'm even thinking too, speaking from where, where it is more of a, a side hustle as opposed to like in your situation where you, you do have that, you know, you're with that, with Brixie and, and Meyer, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm flying for American Airlines and doing this and it's easy for me to get distracted with life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right? For sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's great stuff. What are, I'm curious about your personal habits and how they've changed, particularly over the last decade. I mean- I'm with you, the Marine Corps, certainly like football and coaches, the Marine Corps being that, and that professional has taught me a lot of personal habits, both physically and mentally that worked well and translated well into the corporate arena and even starting a business. But I would say that I've had more transformation in the last decade once I became, started focusing on this show and doing this, and of course having these wonderful conversations with people. But I would say my personal habits aren't where that I want them to be. So I'm curious about what do you do? What does Ryan Hawk do when he wakes up in the morning? Like how does, what is, are you consistent in your personal habits? So you work on those? What are they? Yeah, I, I like routine. Um, uh, I, I am given my background or maybe just because of the way I am, I've always been a morning workout guy. Yeah. So I, I wake up and, and certainly try to get hydrated and stretch my body and get, get kind of mentally ready, read a bit um, write, um, a little bit and then get to the gym, uh, and, you know, lift weights, resistance training is big. I think that everybody should do that in some way, shape or form, even if it's just body weight, uh, but some sort of resistance training. And then I always cool down with two things. One, I get on the elliptical and I read, I use an iPad, I use the Kindle app, my iPad, take note if it's a guest who has books or reading about that person. And then, uh, afterwards, um, I walk. Uh, by myself, usually in the morning. Um, I usually listen to some sort of podcast uh, when I'm walking. And then after that, it's kind of family, family breakfast. Um, uh, well, my, my wife and I uh, don't eat breakfast, but our, fa- our, our daughters do. So, so uh, we'll, we'll be with them during that time mm-hmm. and then get to work. And then I like to go on a walk with my wife at night if possible, but uh, it depends on the day because we have kids. We have busy schedules with uh, sports and all the stuff that they do. But uh, if we can, we'd love to get a walk together too. But that's that. that's kind of like, that's every day. That's seven days a week pretty much it's for me. Day, the only yeah. day I don't go to gym is, is, is Sunday. And that's when I just run and do sprints um, as the sun's coming up. I like that feeling of kind of accomplishing a hard running workout. Cause I don't really like to run. Yeah. I like the feeling of accomplishing that, um, you know, as kind of the, the sun's coming out. It's also beautiful out at that time. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love, that's what, that's what I wanted to get at is like the consistency of like the personal, and it doesn't matter what it's, it's, I think it's individual for everybody. Sure. And I think too, and you, and you design it to what fits for your life, but at least do something, right? Something that where you can, get away from everything instead of looking at your phone or your to-do list, you know, 
have some of that me time. That- well, what you, yeah, what you said is critical. Like it just got to be whatever it is that, that kind of exactly. gets you in the zones. Like for me, like it's, it's very physical. Like I need mm-hmm. to be very physical to mentally get right. So that's not for everybody. Like I have my friend, James clear, who's a, a really prolific writer, like James, the first thing he likes to do is write. And so that's what he does for the first mm-hmm. few hours. And then he does his workouts a lot later in the day. And that's how he likes to do it. it. That works for him, you know? And so I think it it all depends on figuring out what works best for you, what's your best practice. Um, and so it's not necessarily what I do or what you do. It's that we do something exactly. um, that helps kind of put us in the position to then go do good work. And I think that's, that's the key as opposed to just kind of letting the day come to you where you, where you kind of get out of bed and, well, I guess let's see what's happening and you're reactive. It's, it's the fact that we're proactive. That is what I think is the difference here. makes a huge difference. And I know I made the mistake. It's, it's kind of similar to when somebody wants to start exercising, they haven't or or lose weight and they go full bore, right? And they Mm -hmm. order the P90X DVDs (laughs) and then they try to go full bore and then they get burned out and sore and then they quit. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with personal habits. Like, man, I want to be the guy that gets up at 5 a.m. and and goes on a run and then journals and then prays and then reads a book. And then by 7 a.m., you know, you've already accomplished more than most people have all day. And I'm with you. I kind of went, okay, I'm just going to do what works for me. And even, you know, just sitting up and saying a gratitude, thankfulness of like that my feet are hitting the floor. And then just build upon that, I think, is there, you know, sort sort of has a compound effect. And then mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow I'll do the gratitude thing. Then maybe tomorrow I'll walk a mile. And mm-hmm. then a month later, maybe you're running a mile, right? So you just keep building, right? So you just got to do mm-hmm. something though. Yeah, whatever it is for you, you like figure figure out what is your thing. I think yeah. that's that's the critical part of it. I'm curious. I get this question all the time, and I'm I'm curious what yours is. What is as you had six years to marinate in, in the hundreds of conversations that you've had these long form conversations? Are there are there kind of big takeaways or themes that have kind of um, when you look at look at them in total, like things that have helped you, or or kind of aha moments, or things that you really have appreciated from these conversations? There's a lot. I'd say a couple things though to get started. Um, <clears throat> people who have found a way to sustain excellence over an extended period of time, uh, I found are very thoughtful um, uh, about life themselves, others, and and being uh, spending regular moments moments in reflection of thinking about what it is that they're doing, why they're doing it, who they're doing it with. All that's very important. I found these people do a really good job of surrounding themselves with other growth-oriented individuals mm-hmm. who are also striving for this upward trajectory because I do, I'm do. i a huge believer, and I even feel this when I spend moments around, like, for example, people in my leadership circle, these are some of the most incredible leaders doing great things at companies throughout the country. I feel in a much better position after those 75 minutes than I was when I started versus there are times when maybe you're with a a person or two who's a complainer or a whiner Mm -hmm. or always thinks bad luck happens to them. Like I don't get better when I'm around them. So I found that to be a commonality. And then they're just very intentional, purposeful and proactive. Um, they don't haphazardly wander through life. They have purpose behind their actions. They have, they, 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 they move with intention. They have a distinct reason behind what they do and they're proactive. They don't, they're not reactive. So they're going out to try to make something Mm -hmm. happen versus reacting to whatever is happening. Uh, those are the ones who seem to on a regular basis 
consistently sustain excellence. And, and so I try to take, take, take what I'm learning from them to implement into my life and to teach it and share with others. And, and, uh, as, as with most things, it's a lot harder in practice than it is in theory. And so, but we are who we are in practice, um, not in theory. So we have to think about what we're learning and then actually doing it as opposed to just thinking about it or taking notes about it. Uh, we have to be both, both learners and doers. I love that answer. And you're right. That self, you, when you surround yourself, what's the old cliche saying? You're the summation of the five people that you spend mm-hmm. the most time with kind of thing. Right. And it's mm-hmm. so true when you, when you surround yourself and you, it's a physical thing. You, you, you physically and mentally feel different after you spend time with the right people. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that answer. I love too. You're right. The, the self-awareness piece that you see in these people who have achieved what we consider lives of significance or significant things, tremendous amount of self-awareness, right? And the intentionality behind it, like of aware of who they are and the embracing, I think too, I would, I would agree with what you said, but a takeaway from me has kind of been the um, embracing that those limiting beliefs or whatever have kind of been ingrained in you since you were a kid or whatever. And I got this from Barbara Corcoran that they kind of laughed at me and I said, when does it go away? And they're like, it never goes away. Like, you know, I, I, it, it always rears its ugly head at the most inopportune times, but I'm okay with that. I'm aware with that. I'm comfortable. I realize that the game isn't trying to completely kill off that voice because it's, it's always going to present itself. So I, I learn how to be the composed force within that kind of doubt, limiting belief, fear, and uncertainty. And I love that way to view things. That's, that's what I get when I talk to some of these people that I want to emulate. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Barbara seems like she's great. I only know from shark tank, but she seems like she'd be great. That's really great. So what, um, what's next for the learning leader? If you're looking forward, where do you want to take this? Uh, I'm going to always keep writing. So I'll be writing. Um, so I'm working on the next, next book. And then, uh, I'll keep interviewing people. It's my favorite thing to do. So yeah. I'll keep doing that. But uh, I would say what's next is, is, um, more of the same, more leaning into, uh, built an online learning Academy that has gone a bit better than I think we expected and projected. Uh, part of that is because there's not as much import person, but also part of it is because there's been heavy referrals after people who have gone through it. So I'm, pr- I'm really proud. I mean, because I spent, um, you know, a lot of time on putting that together with my videographer, with my dad, with a number of people helping me write it. Um, So it's a combination of it's 30 lessons. And I'm speaking directly to the camera Mm -hmm. for the beginning of those videos. In the second half, it's more like a podcast where it's free form conversation with my dad without any prep other than just the topic. And so that took like, you know, multiple shoots and we had like six cameras and all this stuff to make it visually pleasing as well as the content to be good. I wanted it all to be excellent. So I'm really proud that that's, that's gone well. And I've got to work with a lot of leadership teams and cohorts that are going through that together where we'll do some live stuff on Zoom. So that's been a lot of fun. I think as we, you know, look into next year, there's going to be more of that because we don't know when live events are going to, are going to happen. Right. And, you know, we can't count on those happening maybe not even for another year. So if that's the case, I hope it's not, but if that's the case, then, you know, we got to be prepared for it and be agile enough to, to, to work through that. And I'm trying to, trying to be in that position to, to make that happen. Well, I think it's great. And like I said, it's been fun for me as a, as a fellow leadership junkie to, to watch uh, how you've grown it and what you've done. 
um, you keep me honest, you keep pushing, <laughs> you keep pushing me and, you know, I see a guest and I'm like, Oh, I want that guest too. Right. So I think, you know, just so you know, I healthily feed off of you and you've been a great kind of, um, inspiration for me and my show. And I want to thank you for that to be a kind of fellow brother in arms and in, in, in this kind of leadership journey. And, um, I, I do appreciate what you do and I, I think it's great. And so I love having you in this field with me for what it's worth. Oh, I, that means a lot. Thank you. Obviously, thank you for your service, or I shouldn't say obviously, but thank you for your service. I think that's, uh, it's cool to, when you reached out, I was excited to get an opportunity to talk to you and learn a little bit more from you and what you've learned as, as you've been doing this for a while. So it's, it's been, um, it's fun. Yeah. You, f- you froze up on me for a second, but I think you said it's fun stuff. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 If it wasn't, we wouldn't keep doing no, it. No, you're you know? absolutely right. It is, <laughs> it is like, like you said, it is my favorite thing to do. It, mm-hmm. I, I so look forward to the long form conversation. I think it's something that's lacking in our society, right? And that's what's the great thing about podcasts. You can sit down with somebody for however long you want and have this really kick ass conversation. There's nothing better to, for me. I think it's just fun, you. you know? I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> well, I'm excited to, see, again, that we finally connected like this. Uh, always consider me, again, uh, a brother in arms and whatever you're doing in your journey. I'm always here to support learning leader and what you guys are doing because I think, I think you, you, you're knocking it out of the park, and I just think it's fantastic. How can people connect with you? How can they learn more about you and, and engage with you? Yeah, everything is at learningleader.com. Uh, if they're on their phones, they can text the word learners to 44222 as well if they're if that's how they want to engage for everything I have for free. Um, and uh, social media at RyanHawk12 is where I interact with people on Twitter. It's where I get a lot of, uh, follow a lot of interesting people and try to share to help others as well. And about the book, tell them about the book too, the title of the book. Yeah. So my first book is titled, uh, welcome to management. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really focuses on, uh, three key parts of, of, of moving into leadership role. One is, is, is first working on yourself. Um, second is building a team and third is leading that team. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the book seems to have, have been, uh, has, has helped a lot of people, not just new, new managers, but people who have been doing it for decades, um, including people in the military, people in professional athlete, uh, professional athletics. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of it. I really am. Um, it was a grind to get there, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's out. Uh, it, it's like my friend Todd Henry said, he's like, I don't necessarily love writing the book, but I love have written it. And I'm like, yeah, I think I identify with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been up, there are moments where I do love it, but there are also times where it's like, I'm glad that, I'm glad that uh, I have written it and it's uh, and that one's done and now it's time to move on to the next one. Well, congrats. It's a great book. And, and again, I, all the best to you. And again, I, I hope we can stay connected and uh, anything I can do to support you and, and your brand, I always can never hesitate to ask. I'm here to support. So thank, thank you, man. I appreciate for, it, Rich. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose of Leadership brings to your world. Go to doseofleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.